Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you doing, boo? You know, I'm kind of conflicted. Oh, why? What's going on? <laughs> so as you know, as my boo knows, and some of our boo-boos, it is back to school season. Oh, I know so. very well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an interesting time. I mean, it, I like, you know, seeing campus back in the swing of things and kids running out of school and things like that. But so the particular campus that we work at, we have this thing called the ask me table, right? And it's for, I know my boo does not volunteer for this. <laughs> No, I have volunteered for it. Wait, but, you yes, because we've done it together before. We've done it several yeah, times together. I'm so together. sorry. I'm so sorry. But so, yes, this time around, we did not volunteer together, but I volunteered for it. And you know, remember so- that we were talking about that on the podcast when the sun, the Lord shined sun down on us on that cold day yes. at the Ask Me table. Because I was singing them gospel songs. Yes. See, this is how stressed I kind of been this week. My memory is leaving me. No, I feel you. I'm the same. (laughs) So I'm working the ask me table and students are coming up and asking where certain locations are, certain buildings, things like that. So, you know, I'm helping doing what I do. And the student says, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. And I'm like, you're welcome. But that ma'am made me feel some type of way. It was a loaded ma'am. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, have I graduated to ma'am status? I I don't think I have. I'm a proud 35-year-old woman. However, I think I don't look 35. <laughs> you don't, boo. You don't. Thank but you, I guess you have to think of things from the other perspective. He's just a polite gentleman. Correct. And I can appreciate that. So, yeah, because he appeared to be maybe 19, mm-hmm. you know, and... He's like, oh, this nice lady just gave me directions. <laughs> Thank you, and ma'am. Nice to have a student with manners. Um, even though it is disconcerting for me sometimes when they say sir, you know, because it just yeah. stops you in your tracks. You're just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And then so um I was like, well, maybe because I had, you know, like a work outfit on, I didn't look like a student, you know. So the next day I dress more student friendly. Uh-huh. <laughs> It has like jeans and t-shirt on to hopefully not bring on that, you know, call me ma'am. <laughs> so, but anyway, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Like you mentioned, it's the beginning of the term. Things are a bit hectic, but mm-hmm. you know, we had to set aside some time for our boo-boos out there. Of course, we love our boo-boos. Yes, I'm always happy to record. But yeah, something that I have been doing, well, I did to unwind during this stressful time mm-hmm. uh, was watch Netflix's Sandman, The Sandman. Were you Netflix and chilling? Um, yeah, by myself, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, no monkey pox over here. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to jump into that. So keep those contagions away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, for me, I'm not a person who actually sits and binges a show mm-hmm. but the sandman for me was so good that i finished it in three days really so was yeah. it like a friday saturday sunday type deal no actually see that's why you know it was good because it was during the work week mm. so and you know going to bed really late finishing about in that sleep <laughs> I, well you already know boo i sleep late anyway vampire yeah pretty much <laughs> like the daytime is a curse to me but <laughs> nighttime that's when i'm awake but uh, I enjoyed the show that I, ha- I was like, you know, you do that thing where you're like, okay, so one more. And then you're like, what time is it? 1 a.m.? One more. <laughs> so, and then I just finally had to tell myself like at 3 a.m., okay, cut off. This is it. I have to go to bed. Like and, take your butt to bed. Yeah, basically. And then, the, you know, the next time there was a repeat of the same issue. But, you know, I finished it in three days. And that says something to me in terms of me wanting to binge something. Like I said, I don't normally binge a show and I know it's normal for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how much I enjoyed it. The last time I remember binging a show like that was Squid Game. <laughs> oh, and yes, I binged it too. 
I could not. But matter of fact, um, the new uh, season's coming out pretty soon. I yeah, thought, I'm, yeah, I was excited about that. Yeah, I am too. So yes, that's something that I will be binging. But um, so what you know, for those who are, haven't heard of the Sandman, it is a comic book adaptation of a comic book story, uh, a run from Neil Gaiman, the creator. And it really did a good job of faithfully interpreting his material and condensing it in a way that was uh, palatable for most non-comic book readers. And uh, admittedly myself, I was a younger comic reader when that comic book came out uh, in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so I was into the superheroes, of course. I, and The Sandman was not a superhero comic book. It was more adult. It was on a more adult imprint of DC Comics. And so I did, didn't have any interest for me at that point. But I did read later is, issues later and when I was older to understand the context of the comic book. And it was fascinating to me. I like gothic kind of things and that's what it was. And I was going to ask you now, I believe Sandman, isn't it the one where it's like you say Sandman three times in the mirror and then he's supposed to appear? Or am I getting that? Girl, that's Candyman. You talk about Candyman. <laughs> Again. Again, it's been a stressful week. <laughs> but the, for the horror fanatics out there, I, I will say you have to say Candyman five times, not three times. See, I'm all messed up. So, no, but, that's actually, it's one of those things where it's a, a, a Mandela effect, mm, where a lot of people think you say Candyman three times, but it's actually five. Well, I won't be saying it any, but <laughs> I, um, just on a little tangent, there, the Sandman, there was the Sandman on Apollo. Remember the variety show Apollo? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. People would sing and like have comedy and stuff, but then if they weren't so good, the, the Sandman yeah. would come out and He'd drag them, them off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt so bad for those people. <laughs> but, but I'm sorry, Boo. <laughs> well, another tangent about that, though, because I don't think I've mentioned it. It's like I have the honor and the privilege of being able to sing on the Apollo stage. <laughs> But not in front of a large audience or anything. I took a I took a tour with a, a guided tour, and we went to the Apollo Theater. Mm -hmm. And so they they asked uh, the tour guide said, "Does anyone want to come up and sing on the stage?" And so I kind of got pushed up there. So I got to rub the stump. You did. I read, I rubbed the stump yeah. and I sang my song. I sang a, a an Andrea Bocelli song, opera. <laughs> pop Excuse opera me. and so then um, my little audience was impressed and everyone you could see everybody's faces light up so it was really fun I, I was like one of the highlights of my life to be able to get up on that stage especially seeing seeing it on Showtime at the Apollo on TV because I would actually watch that late at night <laughs> so, wait when was this how come I didn't know this was back uh, this was a while ago. When, uh, my, this was a, I, I was a chaperone on my sister's trip when she was in middle school, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, middle school or high school. And so I agreed to be a chaperone. And one of those stops was a tour at the Apollo Theater. And so that was my opportunity. I said, like, I'm going to rub this stuff and sing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a great memory. Well, thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to remember <laughs> this uh, moment. But getting back to the Sandman, I did read an interesting article just today, actually, about how uh, they're not sure the, the the show itself has been number one since it came out for three weeks now on the globe Netflix's global top ten. Mm -hmm. But the creator of Sandman doesn't know if it guarantees them to have a season two. Oh, um, only because the show is very expensive to make, mm. so they really need to justify. Um, the popularity of the show and have the real the numbers to back up Netflix wanting to make a second season I haven't so. watched the show but I imagine like a lot of special effects and things like that oh very much so yeah, yeah. and they're actually impressively done for a tv series um, but yeah so I'm hoping that there's season two um, and they like I said they changed up some of the storylines they condensed a lot of the storylines and made them tighter and what well, like story stories were characters who were in the show are introduced later in the comics appeared earlier and storylines were kind of altered and uh, put together. And so it just, uh, for me, made a lot of sense. And I think a lot of actual Sandman fans from what I've seen actually appreciate the changes. They, and they've modernized things a bit because the original initial run was in the eighties mm -hmm. um, and that's where it was set. But um, yeah, so it's 10 episodes and the first half of the series, it's almost like an anthology where you have 
a story, uh, a self-contained story, but it kind of contributes to the larger whole. Mm-hmm. So like in one episode, he goes to hell to see Lucifer Morningstar. Almost then... like Spawn. <laughs> yeah, Spawn, uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I was like nine or 10 when I saw that. I was traumatized. I was like, why did my parents bring me to see this? <laughs> oh, you saw that in the theater? Yes, because my little brother, at the, well, my little brother, he wanted, that was his choice. He picked it and then they let us go. Your parents must have not known it was about hell. I was just like, this is traumatizing. And you know what scene sticks out to me? I can remember they were in hell and like the little demon thing was like uh-huh. eating some pizza. The pizza <laughs> slice was full of worms. Freaked me out. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. We're full of tangents today. I know. It's funny though. It's it's uh, you know, how things certain things stir up memories. Yeah. But I didn't know that you had seen Spawn. That's so funny. I have. I'm trying to forget it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well like i said the first few episodes like are like uh, almost like an episode of the week but then the last seven to uh, episode seven to ten are one whole story that are go you know uh continuously together mm-hmm. and so i'm not going to spoil things for people but um but i do want to highlight that i thought the casting of the show was amazing and I know there's, of course, with anything, there's controversy mm-hmm. because people were upset that uh, there was a woke agenda and that there were, you know, gender swapping and color casting, race casting changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the creator, Neil Gaiman, said you know, now it's he was able to modernize it for today. And a lot of the characters necessarily didn't necessarily have to be a specific gender or a um, race. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, people are so attached to what the original source material is. However, the people they did cast in these roles, regardless if they look like the characters or not, did an amazing job. Well, and yeah, so I have to highlight some of the characters, but Tom Sturridge, who played Morpheus slash Dreams slash the Sandman, uh, the King of Dreams, he, when I first saw him in the trailers, he looked like the comic book character to me. And then through the show, he really embodied that character. It was crazy. It's like they found the perfect person. Um, he kind of reminds me of Edward Scissorhands a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the spiky black hair. He's yeah. very emo looking. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, he's his tone of voice is perfect for the character. I mean, you, I, I never really heard uh, Morpheus's voice in my head, but Tom now is Morpheus's voice to me. But, um, and then Boyd Holbrook, who plays the Corinthian, who is a, a nightmare that created by Dream, who ran, who's running wild in the real world, who ends up being a serial killer. And he eats people's eyeballs. This will probably be like a real story on Discovery ID, unfortunately. <laughs> Possibly. But you know, the funny thing about, well, I don't know if it's funny, but the Corinthian, he does take people's eyeballs and them to experience what it's like to feel human because he gets a sensation and to see the life through their eyes, literally. Uh-huh. Um, but he has teeth for eyes, so he eats people's eyes through his teeth eyes. Yeah, wild. <laughs> wild. But, um, and then uh vivian achampong who plays lucien uh that was a character who was an old white uh, librarian character but now she's played by this vibrant black woman and i thought she embodied that character and had the spirit of the character and she was really likable from the very beginning so i truly appreciated her portrayal and david thulis who people know probably as lupin from harry potter the werewolf oh he, when you said lupin there's a series <laughs> on netflix you know, the anime? Um, no, um, it's not anime. It's actually a fictional series, but oh man, it's I think Omar Sai. He plays Lupin. Oh, okay. so, I haven't yeah. seen that. But another tangent for another day. <laughs> There's also an anime called Lupin the Third. So. <laughs> I was like, Cam watches this anime? <laughs> like, I didn't know, girl. I didn't know, boo. <laughs> but um, so he plays John D. David Thewlis and it's a strange character. I won't get into all that, but the episode he's highlighted in, uh, episode five, which is entitled 24-7, all takes place in a diner with different characters and their interactions. It almost um, seems like a stage play, the way it goes out. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, it's very unsettling and quite gory what happens throughout mm-hmm. the episode. Um, and then Jenna Coleman, um, who many people know from Doctor Who, 
she was Joanna Constantine and they had to use a female version of this character because it's actually John Constantine in the comic books but DC has the rights held up for John Constantine for some other project that they're doing mm-hmm. so they switched it up and used an ancestor the female version which it actually played out really well in the series it gave a little bit more diversity again and she Jenna Coleman did such a good job of portraying like what you thought what you would think a female version of John Constantine would be mm-hmm. so I really appreciated that and then Gwendolyn Christie who people know as Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. <laughs> She was Lucifer Morningstar in the show, and they had an epic battle, her and Sandman. People just have to see that battle, um, just to enjoy that. And then another fun fact about her is that her husband is a designer, a costume designer, and he created all her outfits in that show. Mm, okay, way to keep it in the family. Yeah, I'm they, not were, mad. <laughs> they were sensational outfits. And a couple more characters left, but uh, Kirby Hall Baptiste, that was another big change because she played death and death in the comic books is this very iconic looking character who's portrayed as white but herbie uh, kirby is black but her portrayal of the character really showed a different side to how people think of death because you know when you think of death you think the grim reaper hooded mm-hmm. yeah but in this show she comes to people in their final hours and she gives them comfort and a smile and she carries them off to where they need to go. Oh, they never say yeah. where, but heaven or whatever yeah. place. To so the and next next phase, next yes. after afterlife. Yeah. So she's a friendly face they see as a transition. Well, that's a good take on it. And yeah. death doesn't necessarily always have to be dark, you know, yeah. it could be a beautiful thing. So. so I mean her job is she explains in the series to uh, her episode that the job used to bother her until she reopened her eyes and realized she could be that person to help people understand what's going on and you know give them a friendly face at the very end Mm -hmm. um and then mason alexander park um they play desire and desire is another sibling of uh dream and death you know death is actually dream's sister and there's they have siblings and the sandman siblings uh, all start with a d so there's destiny death the destruction desire despair and delirium oh okay we saw a few of them not all of them so hopefully if we get a season two we'll see the rest of them but uh desire right now likes to play games with dream and get him in trouble and set him up for a lot of trouble and so yeah so desire hopefully we get to see more of that character because there's something so i I like to say succulent about desires (laughs) You said succulent? Yeah, succulent. Desire. (laughs) Seductively succulent. Okay, now. That is sounding like an adult podcast here. (laughs) Well, because they embody the whole notion of desire and and physically and the way they behave and the way they speak. So you have to watch that to see. And then what I forgot to say about Boyd Holbrook as the Corinthian, he's the one with the teeth for mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. um he he sends shivers up your spine but he turns you on at the same time <laughs> i mean hey i bet you that's somebody's kink yeah somewhere, uh, somewhere out there <laughs> but anyway so i recommend people watch him if you're really into the fantasy genre that's the, this is the kind of show that's right up your alley especially since we've got a few more coming up i think uh, in the future i'll talk about my impressions of um house of dragons which is the game of thrones spinoff show the first episode premiered recently and then the new lord of the rings rings of power show is coming out and so i'll definitely be checking that out as well it's gonna be a lot of um tv binging for you yeah does does that mean no sleep (laughs) no 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 binging because those shows are weekly okay thank goodness (laughs) (laughs) same with she hulk on disney plus the weekly so the, you know, and a lot of people hate the weekly series because they're used to binging now. And binging was never a term growing up for us, you know. Yeah. And now it's a, you know, it's part of everyday culture to people say, I binge watch things. But and so there wasn't even a possibility when yeah. we were growing up. We couldn't binge things. We had to wait for the next Friday night. Or, what I, yeah. <laughs> or I had to wait every Saturday night for Xena. <laughs> but like yeah. um but yeah, much- a much simpler time <laughs> it was it, you know the thing is it's like people are so impatient now they can't wait week to week but i have no problem because i grew up doing that yeah that was just normal for us 
So. But a uh, fun fact real quick I had read recently, the first show to introduce the concept of reruns was I Love Lucy. Do they still come on the reruns? I think sometimes like on a random Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. you might see a Lucy show come on like channel 11 or something like that. Yeah, it's so. syndicated in certain yeah. areas. So like Lucy or um, like I think on TV land, maybe, you know, uh, not Lucy, but channel 11, like you yeah. said. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucille so. Ball, Desi Arnaz. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, was, I had read that they were the first show to introduce reruns because when she got pregnant, they couldn't film finish her episode so they had to do reruns to fill the time and, and look the at that they worked. started they started a new trend because now every yeah. show so. <laughs> well i have not been watching anything or binging anything but what i have been doing listening to music of course and i recently uh went to vegas to see silk sonic oh see this is why you need uh, morpheus dream because you probably weren't sleeping and dreaming then no i was i was, I was <laughs> but you know what though and i'll get more into this the silk sonic show it was a phone free experience that's i saw how you had said that and i i know there's a history of bruno mars doing that where he doesn't people he wants people to experience the show and not mm -hmm. experience it through their phones yeah so, um, so yeah, I went to Vegas to see Silk Sonic. Uh, they are not playing in California, but I mean, Vegas is not that far from us. So why not, you know, girls trip to Vegas. And so I was originally flying out to Vegas, but at the last minute, I decided to join my girls, Nikki and Jaws on a road trip. So shout out to them. Thank you ladies hey. for allowing me to hop in the car with you. And then also, Shout out to the Del Taco in Baker, California. You know which one I'm talking about. I do know which one you're talking about. Well, it's so funny because there's all different types of restaurants and eateries there in that mm -hmm. little section, but we always go to that Del Taco. It's like, we don't trust any of the other places. <laughs> do you normally stop well, there for food? I, not for food, but if uh, people need a rest stop. Yeah, you know, I for personally, I like to just go straight through. I don't like stopping. Yeah, but if people need to stop, we have to stop in Baker. It's interesting because when I was younger, it seems like we would stop like in Victorville, and then stop in Barstow, and then stop in <laughs> Baker. But now, as we're older, it's like uh uh, let's just drive all the way straight. Uh -huh. When you get to Baker, you stop, and then a little what like an hour after Baker, you're in Vegas. So, yeah. um, it can take what three and a half hours, four on a bad day, but I've gotten to Vegas in three hours before. Yeah, me too. So. But, you know, I do drive a little, a little faster than your <laughs> average person. And if you're flying, that's going to be like 30 minutes. Yeah. Honestly. I love flying to Vegas. Me too. So it's so easy, but um, yeah. So got there um, on a Friday night. Well, actually Friday afternoon. And then the Silk Sonic concert was on a Saturday. Um, this time around we actually stayed at the renaissance and the renaissance is off the strip kind of further down almost by westgate okay and what's funny is i've stayed at westgate before my friends have stayed at westgate before we stayed there together as a group we never knew where renaissance was have you ever seen renaissance hotel no when you said it i didn't re recognize the name but when you said westgate i'm like oh i know westgate it's right next door to westgate oh okay <laughs> and we're like how could we never seen this hotel very nice it has eight floors the pool area nice and intimate they have nice cabanas they have nice seating area if you want to enjoy a drink outside but what's funny is um when we got there right to the renaissance they had one person working bellhop and valet oh my gosh and so luckily he wasn't that busy and he looked like anthony davis <laughs> and i was like anthony davis is that you <laughs> and he's like no i get that a lot you never know these days because i heard army hammers working selling timeshares or something like that oh you know whatever pays the bills no shade <laughs> <laughs> but um when he bought us our, our luggage up to our room, we asked him, we were like, so what should we do tonight? And then he was like, oh, Fremont experience. And we're like, Fremont experience? Why would we go to Fremont experience? Just because that doesn't seem appealing to me, mm -hmm. not anymore. Fremont's kind of like- That's old, old Vegas downtown. Old Vegas downtown, kind of scary. You never know what you're gonna see down there. And I'm like, no, don't wanna do that. 
And then um, one of my friends said, oh, we're here to see Silk Sonic. And he said, what's that? <laughs> Did you revoke his card? <laughs> well, and I said, how old are you? And then he said he was 20. Wow. So I guess 20-year-olds don't listen to Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. I guess they don't. I don't know. They're too busy to listen to straight-up hip-hop. Or at Fremont Street. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, on Friday night, we ended up going to uh, Ghost Bar at the Palms. And so the Palms just opened. Uh, They were just recently purchased by Yamava. And Yamava (laughs) used to be Sam Manuel. Yeah, And I knew about the rooftop bar because we didn't want to really do anything that was indoors. First of all, we didn't want to do clubs and we didn't want to do indoors. I mean, COVID's still a thing and now monkeypox. And so we're like, no, just keep it outside. So the ghost bar actually reopened on the same night we went to Vegas. So we were able to be there for the grand reopening, which is very nice. Um, Like I said, it's on the 55th floor, Ivory Tower. And the ghost bar has over 300 four-star well, reviews. Because you were there, you made it the Ebony Tower. Oh, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Boo. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and that particular night, they had a variety show from Sky Diva. And it was actually nice. We had the greatest time. The entertainment was good. It was complimentary to get in. We didn't pay anything. And then here I am thinking, you know, it's a rooftop bar. The drinks are probably going to be expensive. I ordered one drink. I told the bartender to make me something fruity. $12. That's really reasonable. (laughs) I had a 20 in my hand and I'm thinking, you know, with tip, like all my 20 is going to be gone. Mm -hmm. No, when he said $12, I was like, are you sure? (laughs) He's like, I said what I said. Like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Almost like when you said how you offer to pay for somebody and they say, are you sure? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> exactly. So now I had a really good time. So I would definitely go back to uh, the ghost bar at the Palms. Nice. If, any, if anyone's looking for something that's off the strip, not so much like party, but more mm-hmm. of a loungy feel. Vibe. Mm-hmm. And Affordable drinks affordable drinks that particular night it was free admission to get in i don't know if it's still free it could have just been free because it was the grand reopening Mm -hmm. um and it's more of i would say over 27 crowd (laughs) i didn't see any you know like young clubby type in there which was good it was good for our crowd so Mm -hmm. well Um, once you hit a certain age you know you kind of want things to be a little more chill you do you don't want all that chaos this was a very different Vegas trip for us because I mean <laughs> at one point you know you do go to clubs and you do go dancing and all that stuff but we were there particularly for a concert mm-hmm. and plus like I said given COVID concerns and monkey pox nobody wants to be in a sweaty club at least not me yeah so um the following day, which was Saturday, we spent the morning in the pool, pool area, very nice. And it was so cute. We met this other group of ladies there and they were celebrating their friend's birthday and they were in their 60s. Oh, okay. So, so, so you here- saw a glimpse of your future. <laughs> I did. And then one of the ladies, she came over and she was like, do y'all know how to record reels? <laughs> so we helped them record a real, they were in the pool singing happy birthday to their friend who was turning 65. It was so cute. But you know what? Those women looked really good. That's fun. They, they did. I know. And that's what we said. That's how we're going to be in our 60s. Just because we're in our 60s, 70s doesn't mean we can't go out, have fun, live life, yeah. you know? And what's funny is those same women said they were going to the Silk Sonic concert. Oh, okay. So you really was. You, you sure it wasn't your future selves you ran into? <laughs> Maybe it was. So we were like, see, you have the concert ladies. I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, and then it was cute. One of the ladies, she was an aqua aerobics instructor. So she was doing her moves in the water. And here we are doing the aqua moves too. (laughs) It gives you, I've done it before. It gives you quite a workout. Yeah. No, you feel good after. So so Silk Sonic, it was at the Dolby Theater at Park MGM. 
And for our boo-boos out there, if you're not familiar with um, the group Sophonic, so it's a musical super duo, and I'm reading from Wikipedia. It's a musical super duo composed of musicians Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, and they released their hit single, Leave the Door Open, in March 2021. I'ma leave that door open. <laughs> <laughs> and then they later released Skate in July 2021, followed by third single, Smoking Out the Window. So I know most people are familiar with these songs. Um, and I was reading that the group actually, it was kind of a joke at first that became a realistic duo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Anderson, well, Bruno Mars was on tour and then Anderson Pack was opening up for him. And so they often joked about creating like a super duo and kind of joking about the style of the group and then Silk Sonic was born. And the legend Bootsy Collins, he actually named the group. And so Bootsy Collins, he hosted the show. So he hosted the show kind of like on video. So he came out <laughs> and he did a welcome. He was like, and here's my group that I named <laughs> Silk Sonic. And then everyone's going crazy and screaming and clapping. And I will say it was kind of not uncomfortable, but I noticed that it was a sold out show and not everyone had a mask on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, we're packed in here like sardines because the Dolby Theater is more of an intimate venue. So for our boo out there, Las Vegas, Dolby Theater. So it's Park MGM. And then right next to Park MGM, it's the Dol Dolby Theater. And then not too far from that area is the T-Mobile Arena. So in that area, it's a lot going on. And then you have certain restaurants and things like that. Um, but yeah, everyone didn't have a mask on. We had our mask on and it was hot. It was very hot because here we are on our feet the whole time, singing, dancing. And then on top of that, you have a mask. But of course, we want it to you know, stay safe. And like I mentioned, it was a phone-free experience. Mm -hmm. So it was the same company. So Yonder, Yonder was the same company who provided the pouches for the cell phones at the Blue Note Jazz Festival. Remember, oh, I, they, they did that at the Blue Note also? They did, but, you know, I kind of snuck my oh, phone okay, in. Okay, <laughs> okay. I smuggled my phone in, but for the Silk Sonic concert, it wasn't as easy to smuggle your phone in. But I like that you can take the Yonder pouch with you. So, you know, you have your phone in this lock pouch and only certain people have the special tool to open the pouch. Yeah. So I did not get any videos or any pictures of Silk Sonic. However, I can appreciate that it was a phone-free experience because you're focusing on the actual show, like living in the moment, and you're not focusing on getting video. Because sometimes it can be stressful, right? Trying to make mm -hmm. sure you get video, you zoom in, you know. And well, that's the thing. It's like when people, I see everyone recording, they're not actually watching the show. They're watching it through their screen. So then you might as well just watch it on YouTube. Exactly. So, well, it's funny because Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars, they actually had a little song talking about your D-I-T-C-H-A-S-S -S phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the curse, so that's why I spelled it out. <laughs> But they were saying, we know y'all mad because we took your phones away. Mm -hmm. And then the crowd went crazy. It was cute. It was a cute little medley. But that kind of softened the tone of it because they yeah. they opened up with the Silk Sonic intro. And then they also did 777, which is kind of like a tribute to Las Vegas song. And then they went into that little that jingle song. about, yeah, we, we took your, your phones away. So. And then um, from my recollection... It was the Silk Sonic intro, 777, the phone jingle, and then Fly As Me, which is my favorite Silk Sonic song. So have you heard that song? I haven't. I deserve to be somebody <laughs> as fly as me. Oh, <laughs> well, sounds like us. <laughs> exactly. I think that's why that's my favorite that's one. That's how you like it. <laughs> and then um, they did Blast Off. They did Love's Train, which is a remake of Compunction's classic song. Um, they did After Last Night, Put a Smile, and Skate, which is, I think, my 
second favorite song on the album. Oh, skate to me, baby. Skate. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, um, they left smoking out the window and leave the door open for the last song. And the show itself, I would say it was like an hour and 15 minutes, but it wasn't to me too short, too long. It was like just right because here you have the live music, you have the special effects, and then you have Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack kind of doing like their comedy. And they didn't do stand-up comedy, but just interplay it, with they, with each other. Yeah. And then they kind of made it seem like one was trying to outshine the other. So like, you know, <laughs> pushing one back and the other one's pushing one forward. And yeah, that's funny. Well, I I think I heard from someone that uh, Bruno does some of his songs, right? Like, didn't he do treasure or something or no? He did do treasure. He did treasure. That yeah. is what you are. And then I believe Anderson Pack played drums for Treasure. Okay. And then it was funny because um, Bruno played drums for Anderson Pack when he was <laughs> singing something. And Anderson was like, Don't mess up my presets. Because I guess Anderson <laughs> has like your presets on his drums. So um, you can tell they're really good friends and they just yeah. kind of joke around with each other. Well, so, no, they're also showing how talented they are. Very talented because I had no idea, one, that Anderson Pat could sing as well as he can sing because I just associate him with playing the drums. Mm -hmm. But he has a really nice voice. And then um, Bruno Mars, of course, you know, he's a good singer. He plays the drums. He plays the bongos in the show. He played guitar. He plays the keyboard. Um, I didn't see him play horns, but I mean, I don't doubt that he can't, you know, it seems like he can play every instrument. So it was, it was a really good show. And um, the set design was good. It had that like 70s variety show kind of feel to it. <laughs> and, and that's their theme, right? Yeah. Of the group. Anderson Pack had his wig on, like he was like swinging around. <laughs> and his wig reminded me of, so I know you've seen What's Love Got to Do With It with Angela Bassett and, and Ike. Well, not uh -huh. Ike, but Lawrence Fishburne. Mm -hmm. Remember that era where like Ike had his hair pressed? Yes. Is that what it looked like? That's how Anderson Pack's wig was. Exactly like <laughs> it. He actually, he had bell bottoms on. He looked like, he was like a younger Ike Turner. Okay. Basically. So, so. so you thought the Jackson 5 were going to come out any minute. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then there was one point in the show too where Bruno came out with the same wig. So, so you had the live music going on, but also, you know, the crowd was entertained because yeah. Anderson and Bruno, they were, were acting goofy and funny. So, but yeah, overall, it was a great show. I definitely uh, recommend it. So we paid $233 for our tickets and our seats were in the balcony. We did not get floor seats. I don't even know how much floor seats were, but if the balcony was 233 floor yeah. seats were probably 350 to 400 I would imagine especially for front row um my outfit for that night so I knew it was going to be kind of like a 70s theme so I wanted to play off of that shout out to Reb dolls because I found the perfect jumpsuit that I think went with the theme of Silk Sonic so it was like a multicolored jumpsuit very comfortable um I actually had to get it him because it was a little long but came out to be really nice good fit nice bell bottom bell bottom pants yeah i and saw your photos on ig they you were cute thank you boo i appreciate it um i think my earrings though really shut off the outfit <laughs> so it was a fuchsia fringe type earring mm -hmm. and they were like teardrops and they were cloth so i was really happy about my outfit that day <laughs> happy about my outfit happy about the show it was all great I will say right across from Dolby Theater, Salt Bay's restaurant. I don't know the name of it. I just know it was Salt Bay's. The Salt Bay guy. <laughs> it had him like on the. On Pouring the, the salt. Yeah, uh -huh. And I was like, oh, this is Salt Bay's restaurant. Me and my friends went in there for a drink, right? Again, I'm thinking the drink's not going to be that much, like maybe $20 after sip. I order a Long Island iced tea, right? Uh huh. The guy brings my receipt so I can sign or pay and sign. $27. Oh my goodness. For one drink. And then after tip, I was like, wow. Salt Bay, what are you doing, Salt Bay? <laughs> you are not our bay no more. <laughs> well, because 
just the night before I paid twelve dollars yeah. for a drink on a rooftop. <laughs> but it was the area. It, and I I bet you it wouldn't surprise me if one the area, but also two because when events are going on, I'm pretty sure they may fluctuate their prices because that very same night there was a uh, show at the T-Mobile Arena. It was a La Banda. I don't know okay. the name, but mm-hmm. that was going on. And then Silk Sonic was going on. And then you have other activities in that area. So, yeah. yeah. So well, Salt I mean, you're, you're on the strip, but you know, and then, as a, but that price is worse than LA bars. <laughs> $27 for one Long Island iced tea. I was like, oh my gosh. So, and then um, I didn't get any merch. I didn't see a reason to pay $50 yeah. for, for a t-shirt. I mean, yeah, I like Silk Sonic, but not that much. $50 for one t-shirt? It's kind of, kind Those, of a uh, The knockoff vendors weren't outside, so the $10 shirt? This is not LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, the promoters were outside, though. The promoters were outside pushing the after party, and the after party was actually right next door at Park MGM, this club okay. called On the Record. Uh, before the pandemic, me and my friends have went on the record before. We saw Big Boy from Outcast and Sleepy Brown. Okay. They performed. And what's unique about On the Record, it's a speakeasy style club. Mm-hmm. And the performers actually perform on the bar. So the bar transforms into a stage. It was so cool because you can actually see the bar. It's like lifted up. So they built a special type of bar slash stage for this but the bar is lifted up and then you see the stage and the performers are there so basically if you are right at the bar you are within like a couple feet of the actual performers oh wow so that's pretty fun but yeah so the after party was that on the record we did get passes to go but we knew we weren't going to go it was just way (laughs) too many people it was way too hot and we didn't want to risk it But you know who probably went are those ladies who are in their 60s. (laughs) (laughs) And if they did, God bless them. I hope they had fun. And we did not see them at the show. Of course, you know, there were other people there. It was a a packed house. So, Mm -hmm. but overall, it was nice. You know what? They probably got those $400 tickets on the (laughs) bottom there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope they had a good time. So yeah, that was my experience going to Vegas, seeing Silk Sonic and after that, uh, Sunday morning, we just woke up and, and came back home. So really, it was a quick trip, but we went there for one thing, to see yeah. Subsonic, and that's what we did. So. That's the beauty of living near Vegas. Exactly. You pack up and go. <laughs> but yeah, Subsonic, they had a pretty good year at the Grammys, too. I remember them winning um, the best R&B song, but that's big. But the major thing is they won song of the year for Leave the Door Open. Leave you can't help yourself. <laughs> well, it was funny because like a week after the show, I was playing the whole album in my house singing, at work singing. So because you're just to happen, you get that vibe because yeah. yeah, it's just fresh in your mind. You're just you're on a high, you know. Yeah. So um, and then lastly, I'll say that Silk Sonic's musical style, it's like a mixture of R and B soul, funk, pop, smooth soul, and funk pop. So you have all of these different sounds, but that's reflected actually in the fan base because I was looking in the crowd, old, young, (laughs) people of color, white people, you know, it was everybody there. So they can connect with everybody, which is cool. I like that. But apparently not the 20 year old from the Renaissance Hotel. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He was down at the Fremont experience. (laughs) What about you, Boo? Have you been listening to any music? You know me, of course. Uh, you know, normally, well, there's usually some breaks in between K-pop, but this time of the season, apparently there's a lot of K-pop releases one after the other. So I had just talked about a few last time, but I have to, if I would be remiss if I didn't mention things that had just recently come out, especially the big, big one in the K-pop universe and music world in general, which is Blackpink. They're back with a new um, song. However, it's called Pink Venom. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the release for their album. It's the pre-release. Oh. So in K-pop, that happens quite a bit where they release a pre-release single 
before the actual single before the album <laughs> well you know what's interesting i was driving my car the other day and i'm like flipping through but mostly i listen to spotify but i was not listening to spotify had the radio on and i listened to 102.7 kiss fm in the morning because they have a really good morning show mm -hmm. i enjoy their morning show and they played black pink venom black pink right. venom and i was like i know who they're playing <laughs> Hey. I was like, I'm, I'm going to tell my boo. Hey, pop. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, it's their pre-release single uh, from their upcoming second album, Born Pink. Mm -hmm. And their fans are called Blinks, and I'm a Blink. And so we're all excited because the last time we got an album or anything was two years ago from their debut album. Um, but this video, when it came out, um, it became the biggest 24-hour music video debut of 2022 and the third largest, largest of all time. Mm -hmm. So they beat their own personal record from their last video, How You Like That. Um, but this video had 90.4 million views in 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. So then for those of you who are curious, you're like, but who are, who are the top two ahead of them? And of course, the top two are both BTS. And so Butter is number one at, with 108.2 million views. Like hey, see, my boo knows that song. <laughs> and then number two BTS song with 101.1 million in 24 hours is Dynamite, which are both their English-based songs. But um, so like I said, Blank Pink, Blackpink was number three. They actually have um, three singles in the top 10 as a group. Um, so they have How You Like That at number four. And then Selena Gomez, the song, song they had with her ice cream at number five, and that had 79 million views. How You Like That had 86.3. But then if you count Lisa from Blackpink's solo song, she's mm -hmm. also in the top 10 for 24-hour views. And so they have four in the top 10. And uh, her song, La Lisa, um, had 73.6 million. And the top 10 is actually quite funny because nine of the songs are bts or blackpink related <laughs> <laughs> so the only non-bts or blackpink song is number 10 and it's taylor swift's song me mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> i kind of you know i know how you feel about that so um but anyway so yeah that's their dominance right now between Blackpink and BTS. Um, so I'm happy for K-pop in that way. Uh, but you know, the interesting thing about the song is some people either love it or hate it. And of course you'll have the haters because they'll say it sounds like their other songs. And Blackpink does have a formula for their um, comeback songs or songs that they release, their title songs for, uh -huh. like, or pre-debut in this case. Where, and you can tell the formula because Jisoo and Rosé are going to do the verses and Jenny and Lisa are going to rap and, you know, and then there's going to be like a, a breakdown, uh, a bridge, and then a dance breakdown. So it's like, it's again, formulaic, but very enjoyable. And so, but well, then the, and the formula works, like it's, yeah. it's proven that it works. So, I mean, I understand experimenting with other ways and other sounds, but if they know that the fans are going to respond to what has been done. Yeah. I mean, you always is. get the haters because yeah. there's going to be people who love that formula so to speak and then others who will say oh but they keep doing that but then they're still listening to it <laughs> I, I mean it's proven look at those numbers yeah, yeah. and then uh, but then the interesting thing about this song is it differs it's different for them because the drop you know as, as you know people like to say the drop of the song it's more like an anti-drop where it doesn't hit hard it actually it's softer than the rest of the song and i really like it so it's very different for them um but yeah so i and the video their company is yg their label in korea and oh, i thought you meant the rapper i was yeah, like yeah not yg the rapper i know i, for, I forget to <laughs> clarify that not not yg the rapper but yg um the korean label they were saying that it's the most expensive video in their history that they've made so far um but you can tell you can tell in the visuals the ladies look stunning so many outfit changes uh, so many set changes, but, and there's some samples in the song and the one that most people recognize right away was in, when Lisa comes in, the first thing she says is one by one, then two by two. Mm -hmm. Do you recognize that? I move? do, I do, <laughs> I do. But I'm blanking on the actual uh, 
song itself. It sounds familiar though. So it's Rihanna, our girl Riri's Ponda Replay. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. How can I forget that? <laughs> you know, sometimes it just doesn't come to your mind, but you recognize it. Yeah. And, but I knew well, right away. Riri ain't give us no music in uh, <laughs> I know, how long? <laughs> like 15 years? I don't know, Riri. <laughs> but congratulations to her and her new baby, though. That's what she's focusing Congrats. on right now. But um, yeah, so they sampled that part of her song. And then um, that was the most obvious because you could hear the lines. But then in the music, those who are very familiar with hip hop will hear samples of PIMP from 50 Cent. I don't know and, what you um, heard about me. <laughs> and uh, um, Kick in the Door by the Notorious B.I.G. So they're in there. And so, yeah, I just encourage people to listen to Blackpink, get ready for the next single coming out. And then uh, the album, I'm excited. Uh, I pre-ordered mine. And, I wonder if now that, because I know BTS, they're taking a break, right? So uh-huh like this is like Blackpink's opportunity not saying it's all about competition but now that BTS is kind of I think it's not not really in the sense that um BTS and boy girl I mean boy group uh love and girl group love is kind of different of course there's fans who love both Mm -hmm. but it's actually more of an opportunity for another boy group to try and slip Uh, in there okay Do you think that another boy K-pop group has potential? Not at the not to reach BTS levels. Yeah, but at least not a, yet. But yeah, it's always but, the opportunity in Korea, maybe because you know obviously they're making music for in, in Korean, mm-hmm. and so with BTS taking a break, it's a chance for other Korean boy groups to try and slip in there and become the number one group for now. Because anytime I'm sure when they release a single in Korea. And they go to music shows and stuff, and they give out awards for the best song each week at the music show. If they know they're releasing the same same time as BTS, they know they're not winning number oh, one. Of course. <laughs> you know, there's always a, a goal to get to. Yeah, and same with um, everybody knows if Blackpink's releasing something, you're not winning number one that week. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, you know, hopefully people can find out, and people have, like people who get started with K-pop through Blackpink or BTS, mm-hmm. they say they fall down the proverbial rabbit hole and they end up branching out, listening to other bands and, or groups and start enjoying them, which is great. Yeah. So, and then the last thing I want to talk about in terms of K-pop is another girl group that I absolutely love and they're rookies. Uh, they're called IVE, I-V-E. Although, it, you know, when they first came out, and you didn't hear what their pronunciation was. It was confusing to everyone. It was like, is it I-V-E, I-V, E-V? But anyway, it's I-V. And they came out with their third single, After Like. And the song is really cute. Basically, it's about you're in that stage of relationship that's where you're more than like. So mm. what's After Like, right? So you get to that point. You're like, like okay, love, right? What, after Like well, it's love. Or but you're between that stage. Where it's, not full of, it's not full on love yet. So it's like you're, you hit like, I like you what's next strong like (laughs) and then some people it's love right away others it's like uh i like like you (laughs) take what you can get okay right it's a really fun song and again another great video with great visuals each of the girls in the group has a um, monochromatic color palette so like one girl has an all red set another girl has an all green set it was really it's really nice and then um the big thing for me is in the chorus you'll recognize their samples this is another song where they blatantly sampled something i don't say not blatantly in a negative way but they you'll recognize it right away but it's um this the hook from i will survive from gloria Gaynor. oh okay so paying homage yeah the legend seamlessly fits in their song and i i actually enjoy it quite a bit and then this is the first song title track that the girls have released where they actually rap on it because most people expect uh, in K-pop, you're going to have that formula where there's going to be singing and rapping, singing mm-hmm. and rapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, their first two singles didn't have any rapping in it. So you're like, oh, they don't have a rapper. But maybe if you listen to the B-sides, you would know they do. But the, you know, if you only listen to the title tracks, which they put out videos for, they haven't rapped until this new one. So you're like, oh, they do rap. <laughs> but uh, for a new group, they're doing really well. The video's only been out for two days and it's got 44 million views. So... Um, and lastly, I forgot going back to Blackpink, 
My bias in that group, for those who are curious, is Jenny. She's my favorite one in Blackpink. Jenny. And <laughs> it's my Forrest Gump reference. I love oh. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, Jenny, um, who her Instagram handle is Jenny Ruby Jane, and that's her name uh, on Instagram. She's that's she's going to be an actress in an upcoming film with Johnny Depp's daughter, and she goes by Jenny Ruby Jane in that in Hollywood now so I have no interest in the film but I will watch it because Jenny's in it her. Yeah. yeah support support and then um for I've my bias in that group was uh Wan Young so she's stunning absolutely stunning but um yeah well, so well you know what I'm waiting for kind of like a, a Beyonce black pink collab oh my gosh I'm so pretty sure it's coming that would it like would, break break bro, the gonna, internet exact phrase I was gonna break use. break the world <laughs> <laughs> the world if yeah yeah pop R&B and and k-pop colliding and as big as they are and then Anderson Pack could be playing drums and then Bruno <laughs> on the bongos it'll all come together <laughs> I don't know what kind of song they're making <laughs> watch they make something you're like wow this sounds good well, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I was like, yeah. if, if Beyonce and Blackpink are doing something together, like uh, Blackpink and Lady Gaga collaborated, I really love that song. Or what if Beyonce collaborated with Ive, but instead of Ivy Park, it's Ive Park. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's clever though. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, you know, as much as I love Ive, they're not on Beyonce's radar. <laughs> or um, at least her people's radar. Potentially, potentially. Um, <laughs> In, in one of these episodes in the near future, I will talk about a couple of songs from Beyonce's new album that um, I have been playing on repeat. So okay. that, that'll be coming in the next few episodes. But I did want to provide you, Boo, and our boo-boos with a neighbor update. Oh, it's been a while. Give it to us. Give it to us. <laughs> so for our listeners who have been listening since day one, one, we thank you. And then two, you know that I've been providing updates about my fine neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think last time I talked about him, I mentioned that I did not know his last name, uh-huh. right? And it's funny how things work out. So I text him to let him know that I had an employment lead for his daughter. So his daughter actually is going to the same school that me and my boo work at um he responded and he said well I don't have her email address but you can email it to me and I'll tell her about it so I was like oh okay well one I'm getting more information he's giving me his (laughs) email address and I had no idea what his email address was right so he, he texted to me his email address has his last name in his email so I was able to find out the email address. Okay, okay. Yes. But, so, yeah, we hmm? don't want to say, I was like, we don't want to say oh, it, but no. is it is it a pleasant last name? Oh, well, I mean, because it's my fine neighbor, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and leave it at that. So, but it's funny because I said that I wanted to know some information. It kind of just came to me. So, I'm happy that I was able to get his last name but also share some information with him well congrats yeah thank you thank (laughs) you i know it's not not that significant but i was like "Ooh, this happens (laughs) yeah because anytime i'm able to get like a little bit more information i kind of just add it to what i already know so you know it's getting there it's getting by step yeah well what's funny is of course i have not told him about this podcast well (laughs) he i don't know how he'd feel after hearing some of these stories not that you said anything sensational. But, no, no, he'll probably be like crazy woman. <laughs> he's like, I, so he's like, I don't have I had no idea she felt that way. <laughs> he probably does. He has to he has, because yeah. you've been you've been quite overt. <laughs> I have. I thought I was covert. I thought I was undercover. Look, look. <laughs> For our listeners who heard these stories, it's she's. It's somewhere in between covert and overt because the way you, you know, slip him a present of uh, wine. I mean, but didn't I get the number though? You I did. Got, I got the digits. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and from there, 
you know, we've been communicating ever since. So, yeah. well, and then what's funny is when I had, when I was, when I texted him to tell him, you know, I've had information for her and then he responded and said, oh, I just got done doing her breaks. And so I was like, oh, he knows how to fix cars. <laughs> so I'm like noted, you know, if I ever need some. Maybe a free oil change. Something. But it, I mean, I thought that that was cute that he mentioned that because he didn't have to. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. All right, boo. I think that's enough of us chit-chatting for today. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Any announcements or anything before we get out of here? No, just to follow us on our Instagram at Bougie Booze Podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as always. And yes. if you have things you'd like for uh, us to talk about uh, or discuss and you're curious about our opinions, please let us know. Yeah, you can also shoot us an email at bougieboozepodcast at gmail.com. And until then, booze, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.